Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Where is it? There it is. Don't you love that feeling when you're like, oh, where'd my notes go? I don't see them in my recent folder. Uh oh. Okay. I literally have, I, so my current notes, I've, these aren't even saved on my computer Uh-oh. because I have so much memory filled up on my laptop oh, yeah. that I did like command S and it was like, cannot be saved. And I was like, well, <gasps> and it's a pages document. <laughs> it's, it's a like- pages document that I worked on for like seven hours. So just copy paste cop- or copy. No, I just like copy pasted it into my Gmail yeah. and sent it to myself just in case. Oh my God. But that's I feel awful. like I'm like trying to like un unwire a like a like a a missile or something like i feel like i'm like really it's very touchy and if i mess up then i'm gonna ruin it unwire a missile you know what i meant em and i watch a lot of action movies what is it called diffuse diffuse a missile (laughs) diffuse a bomb diffuse a bomb um i listen i'm clearly not a spy (laughs) or maybe i'm the best spy there is a really good one you know i really wanted to be a spy that was like my big dream job when i was younger i love it and then my mom told me classic uh helicopter parent she was like, mm, you'll die immediately. And I oh. went, okay, well, I guess it's not for me. I mean, she wasn't wrong. Well, then I was like, I could probably do it. And she was like, you know you'd have to run a lot. And I was like, okay, you got me there. The, phys- <laughs> the physical. So, never mind, you're right. I thought about that, too. I wanted to be part of the CIA. And my mom was like, well, you're going to lose your green or your uh, your dual citizenship. So if, if this country goes down, you have nowhere to go. And I went, oh, my God, okay. Actually, you would have uh, boded well in the CIA. I, so the CIA came to my college to recruit, uh, like, new people. Yeah, same. Um, and I went to all their meetings because I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. That's baller, yeah. So I went to – they had a bunch of meetings, and then eventually they, like, had p- selected certain people and, like, invited you to, like, a dinner. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm literally being recruited into the CIA. This is so cool. And uh, that's when they started asking you, like, about your qualifications. Uh-huh. And they never invited me back. Oh. Because. <laughs> well, I be- can defeat. I can unwire a missile. <laughs> don't you want me? <laughs> I I aspire to be Canadian. Oh, God. You can send me. Yeah, I don't want to be in this country. I don't s- send me anywhere in the country except Canada. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, they. One of the huge, huge, huge uh, ways that you're most likely to get recruited. Oh, bilingual. Is the more languages you well, speak. Well, that's, that's why I was applying yeah like i actually applied i mean i can say this now i wasn't allowed to say it when i was doing it but i actually did apply and um like i was it i was like going through the whole thing the rigmarole and then my mom freaked me out about like you'll lose your 
citizenship and then i asked and they were like yeah you have to give up your european union citizenship and i was like how far did you get into it not very far i mean like they responded to me yeah and i was like okay yeah i speak another language and they were like that's good i wonder if i was in dc too so like right yeah I wonder if, as the CIA, do they just accept any application, or do you think they do rigorous CIA background checks on you first, and then only take those people in? I'm pretty sure they do checks, because I knew, because, like, my friends at Georgetown, I didn't have that many, but my ex-boyfriend's friends at Georgetown, like, I got called for one of them when they were applying to, like, either the FBI or CIA, and um, they called, like, your acquaintances of acquaintances mm, to like yep. ask questions before yeah. they even responded and they were like you cannot tell him we're calling you and i was like Jesus. right it's really intense anyway now i'm just that's most government clearance yeah though right whatever i'm not a spy anyway obviously unless we're, we're we both actually ended up getting recruited and this is our friend there's a chip in our brain and we don't even know oh uh, we went different ways with that okay um also we'd be terrible at it because here i am fucking looking at a camcorder going hey one time the cia emailed me <laughs> like obviously i'm the worst spy ever i also hiding in plain sight oh look at me go um i just like completely freaking forgotten i'm so upset so we're recording if you are watching this on youtube like we're in the same outfits because we just recorded two episodes our second episode in a row yeah i'm still Um, in my canada pants yes can you tuck me in can you tuck me in no thanks um and so we were were recording the next episode and last one i just complained a lot about our friend anniversary and i was just being a big baby about it. And then I forgot that my whole my whole plan was to be like, okay, um, Friendiversary's back on. And then I have a gift for you. And I was like, why didn't I give it to what? you? What? What's got the distracted. gift? It's right here. Was it like your lack of knowledge on our child? <laughs> Kremit? Leave Kremit At out At least of you kind of know what the name is. What is this? Oh, it's green. It's going to be like... <laughs> oh my god the green screen people can see right through you right now the, the gift bag that i'm giving look, em is green look on i'm a- the logo i'm the logo <laughs> this is gonna be a nightmare to edit i'm such an idiot okay okay here i'll pull it out i'll just i'll have i'll okay. do this thing so read the card first oh is there a card yeah no there's not but read it here it is i just don't want to look and, and ruin the, the oh, thing here i'll hold it okay i'm not looking and then just drop that okay okay it says M. The gift's really random. The you know how to spell my name. It's two letters, and I, I really worked hard to get there. Thank you. Some would argue it's one letter. Some would, and some do, on the internet. Here are two octopi. You octopi my thoughts. <laughs> yes. I love it. Am I to read this out loud? Yes. I see music notes. oh <laughs> Wait, you have to start on this side. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, dear M... Oh, you octopi my thoughts, and I just thought you should know. So sweet. You, you know, octopi my thoughts. You know Ow. I love a good octopun. Octopun. I love you an octoton, that's for sure. Oh, come on. For our friend anniversary, I wanted to make sure a pivotal moment from our friendship lived on forever. What follows are the lyrics to the song I sang to you on stage in Atlanta. Lord almighty. Let's talk about I that in a second. I just never wanted to forget that. The first and last time I will ever serenade you. Thank you. Especially with a microphone. Thank you. So before I even read this... <laughs> I did not. So we had. Was that our Atlanta show or our Salt Lake I met, show? I meant Salt Lake. Now that you mention it, it was Salt Lake. Yes. Our, so when we did, we had two shows that night in Salt Lake. That's and right. At one of them, I guess um, Christine's story covered. It was the later one, and it was the drunker one, and it was the first night we've done a show in many months. And uh, <laughs> this, the killer that Christine was talking about wrote a song for his loved one. Is no, that what it was? the dad of the murderer who murdered his wife 
was obsessed with his daughter-in-law. Oh, right. And they found all these journals and photos, and he kept her, like, tampons and stuff. Like, it was very messed up. But they found this journal right. where he wrote songs about her, and they played it in the episode. And so Emma was like, how did it go? Oh, I jokingly went like, oh, I hope you sing it for me. And then Christine was like, here we go. Well, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, absolutely not. And then everyone in the audience went, sing it. And I went, oh, no, here I go. <laughs> I was like, obviously, I would never sing this out loud, actually. And then I had enough wine in my system and like hundreds of people were screaming at me. And so I just did it. And it was such a big mistake. Christine held my hand and looked into my oh. eyes as she sang something that an obsessed oh. grown man has sang about his daughter-in-law. Oh. Apparently. Hear the here words. Are- here are the words that I will not sing. <laughs> Imagine Christine holding my hand, looking into my eyes, though. On a stage. On a stage with hundreds of people. My nightmare. Make some room for... M- oh, I f- already remember how I much know, I hate it's this. it's so horrible! At some point, I have to say the phrase, in you, don't I? <laughs> Inside I re- you, I think. I, refu- I re- rebuke it. Okay. <laughs> in Christ's name, I rebuke you. I'm rewiring the missile. Point it directly at me. <laughs> All right. Make some room for me within you. Oh, vomitous. it's very bad. <laughs> for the moment I began to smell the perfume in your hair and caress you everywhere, <laughs> I'm missing you. And then in parentheses, Christine writes, Jesus Christ, these are significantly creepier than I remember. I was copy- really, you were drunk last time. I, I remember co- this sober and it- it's burned into your memory. I was writing it off my notes this morning and I was like, oh God, I said that out loud. You sang it into my eyes, into my eye sockets. Oh. Okay. I'm going to keep, I'm just going to keep at it. Okay. Make some room for me within you. For the moment, I began to smell the perfume in your hair and caress you everywhere. I'm missing you. Love, Christine. Okay. I can love you in a secret way. That's the one I started singing. I can love you in a secret way. Did you know the actual song? Yeah, because they played it in the episode. I forget. It was like on, oh, shoot, what crime show was it? But they like had his website and they were like playing one of the songs and it went, I can love you in a secret And I was like, this is horrifying. I can love you in a secret way. I can love you each, each and, and every, every day. day. There's nothing I can't be. There's nothing I can't see. It's not perfect, but I'm missing you. Isn't that fucking awful? If you die, this is the closest <laughs> thing to a, like a goodbye letter I have. And I hate it. And I know you're never now ever going to write another one because you want this to be the closest thing I have. So one day when I get that bad news and I leave your funeral, this is what I fucking have Just to remember you Just toss it by. in my coffin because I don't think you deserve it. Let it rot with the rest of you. You don't deserve to have that burned into your mind forever oh. if I'm gone. Oh, no. It's already there. It's so there. I might as I'm well sorry. have tangible proof. Uh, Yeah. So that was that. Um, and then I got you like an actual gift and it has nothing to do with our friendship, but I just found it at a store downtown and I thought it was really cool. And I thought you would sweet like of it. You. I, this, I've already blacked out that a gift was coming cause I thought this was just, <laughs> this was, what if, wait, what if this is, it's like a big folded up piece of paper. What if this was just the lyrics on like a much larger piece of paper? What if this is the sheet music? <laughs> it's on like parchment paper. It's like you wrote it with a scroll, but like with a, like a quill and ink in your own blood. Oh my god, how romantic. Thank you in advance, I think. I'm not sure anymore. Okay, so. Okay, this says Virginia, number mm-hmm. 34 Virginia. I, don't, I haven't looked at it, so I don't know actually. Oh, so you just really bought me something you don't it even know what Virginia it looks like. It says Virginia on it. Well, it they, does, it looks like old. They described it to me at the store. I hope oh, it's, no way! It's a hundred year old map of Virginia, and I thought it was really cool. Is this actually a hundred uh, years yes, old? Yes, it's actually a hundred years old. I was going to say, this looks 
I almost fucking ripped no. this. No, oh god, no. Thinking it was like a per- a perforated thing. Oh no, don't do that. Yeah, I this thought, is literally a hundred years yeah, old. Yeah, I How? asked to make sure it was like authentic. They only had one Virginia one, so I was like, I better snatch There's that. There's no way I should be allowed to hold this. Wait, wow. Look at it. I don't I know if you'll be able to see you it. in a secret way. <laughs> anyway, I hate it. Um, so anyway, for, I just thought that was cool. No, I don't this know. is so dope. Okay, for people, I don't know if you can even see this. I live right here in Spotsylvania, especially, which was named by Alexander Spotswood, who helps the Witch of Pungo. That's right, especially because we talked about it and people were like saying they were from Virginia, and then I was at a store and I was like, oh, wow, this is super cool. So, okay, hold this up for the crowd. Okay. Okay, so I'm from this area of Virginia. Okay. And I went to college all the way down here by the North Carolina border. Oh, I didn't know that. And other than that, and then, and that's it. That's all that you <laughs> need to know. That's the geography lesson. I will today. say, everyone in Virginia, we all basically live in this area. Okay. Everything in the skinny part is like, we don't e- even, we don't know what's happening over there. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of words over there, but. It's, I have no idea. I've never met anyone from that part of Virginia ever. Oh, I know there's like Lee County. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. But I well, I don't Richmond. know. I imagine it's like a whole other world. So that's fun for you guys to know about. And West Virginia, to remind everyone, is not Virginia. West Virginia is in the West. <laughs> no, people get very confused about that. <laughs> even in Cal, like not even in other countries, like in California, they don't get it. Oh, yeah. After I brought that up the last time, people did tweet me and they were like, oh, yeah, I really legitimately thought West Virginia was just people that are really proud to be in western virginia That's saying it's like hysterical there's south carolina and north carolina maybe but they think that too em maybe they think it's just However, carolina there's not just yeah exactly huh and they're just like the north the northern and the southern people are really proud to be in that area of carolina anyway i knew i got you something horrific so i wanted to say something actually like nice to try and band-aid it up yeah no this is a, I, I mean i'm gonna i don't know how to frame it because you have to open it Listen, I found this company called Framebridge, and you just send it in, and they professionally frame it for you and mail it back in a frame, so you don't even have to touch it. Okay, wait. Framebridge, are you listening? I know. I Be want our them- sponsor. Actually, I should... I should. Actually, wait a minute. Text There's Eva. a couple people. Eva, tell, tell Audioboom we want Framebridge. Uh, there's Framebridge. There was... Oh, Franzia would be great. Yeah. Uh, we want all these things. Wine in general? I would love to eventually have a promo code drink to then put this in a, in a discounted frame. Oh, that would be kind of sweet. I love this. This is so cool. This is, I know exactly where this is going in my room, too. Oh, good. I know. I'm like, I don't know if you have... As I chuck a hundred-year-old document onto the chair. I made sure to ask. I was like, this isn't like some baloney, like you pretend it's old. And she's like, no, we only have one. Please stop like throwing it around. Oh, I love it. I'm never getting rid of that so, until um, it disintegrates. And it's from downtown. It's from uh, last... Or what's it called? Last bookstore in the world. They have like an art gallery down... You know the last bookstore? Yeah. They have an art gallery downtown or downtown downstairs oh the one to the side of the store or yeah you go down those stairs and they're with like, all like full the art gallery shops the collage of paintings yes yeah yeah so in one of those stores is where i found it that's super super cool oh i'm glad you like it i love that thank you so much of course they had a germany one and i was like i don't want to know about germany from 100 years like i don't want to 100 years ago bad, <laughs> don't, bad things were happening over there i love it i'm not gonna celebrate it okay i love the virginia thing not the germany oh, thing. good thank you welcome <clears throat> happy friendiversary now happy that i'm friendiversary. it's been a week and a couple of days and i'm i'm hoping i'm over it by the time this comes out well so this comes out on the 10th sure so this weekend right now i am uh camping with allison oh really well we'll see i might be in the er again. yeah i was gonna say that didn't go so well that first time so uh camping is where allison says that that's where she fell in love with me 
I don't know why, because we all know what happened 10 minutes into camping. I was in the hospital. Yes, but it was a... It was, it yeah. was a, in times of conflict, people band together, I suppose. I suppose. The adrenaline really bonds you. Yeah. She's actually not in love at all. She just still has adrenaline, co- like, calming down from, <laughs> from that. From the drive. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, for her birthday this year, I'm trying to, she turned 28, so I'm taking her to eight different things throughout the next couple of weeks, and this weekend is camping. Oh, so. that's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I, well, it's fine. Well, so the... I'm scared of camping because pr- murderers. The previous episode, the one that we just recorded, that's coming out on the first or mm-hmm. the second. Um, the third. The third. Uh, I'm taking her to a haunted cocktail soiree. Oh, yeah. I'm really upset about that. I'm I, going to it tonight. Yeah. And... I'm uh, so jealous. I'm... I... Yeah. I didn't realize how in Christine's ballpark it was until I read the description to her and I was like, now I feel guilty that like we should have definitely probably had like a group thing going here. I was like, let me read the description. Oh, it's a haunted cocktail party where you play with Ouija boards and you dress up. A giant Ouija board. They have a massive giant Ouija board and they have a six flight cocktail cocktails of spirit themed drinks or something of different rooms and then there's also oh my god there's like uh spe- there's tarot readers and em was like oh yeah sorry maybe i shouldn't have read this to you i was like god i was like i to be fair i didn't even know what i walked in on i just saw it and i was like i'll get tickets and then i read it in front of christine and i was like wow this is like really up our alley it does sound fun so let me know how it is because i am very curious thank you i'm really appreciating wearing my canada pajama pants right now because mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. for the rest of the night i'll probably be in a suit so i'm i'm looking forward I know, M shows up wearing pajamas, holding a suit, and I was like, what is going... Is Again, it- the range is I crazy. I definitely thought it was the friend anniversary thing, and I was like, oh, I don't know what we're doing. I didn't plan for this. Get ready. You're I- going to be the belle of the ball. <laughs> I was like, I got you a map, and I'm not changing out of my leggings, so I <laughs> feel like this is not going the way you planned. Uh, no. Uh, anyway. Anyway, so that's what we're doing. That's where we are. How are you guys? Okay. Great. Cool. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes, to toys, to vibrators, to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So this is... Okay, so here's the thing about this story. I've always got a caveat. Here's this week's. Um, Here's the thing. 
here's the thing. So I did the thing that I usually do. I do a lot of the same things often. So you're probably wondering which stupid thing. Oh, which dumb thing did they do? Well, since we are doing two a days, like this is football. Um, since we're <laughs> recording as many episodes in advance to like catch up before the holidays, the holidays. Um, we were doing double recordings right now. And I was like, oh, I'll do two stories that take minimal time um, to research. That way, like, I, you know, can give out two stories without, like, having to exert too much mental effort as I procrastinate. Oh, God forbid we exert mental effort. Well, we all know I'm a procrastinator on one story. Can you imagine the nightmare of having to do two stories? When Em and I realized we had to start doing two, two, we were like, but, like, do we actually have to do two? Is there yes. a way to not, like, to do one, but... So my thought was if I if I picked two short stories, then I wouldn't have then at least my procrastinating wouldn't get in the way any more than usual. Right. Um, but so I went into this thinking, oh, this is a short this story. This always happens. And then I really researched it, and I was like, wow, I am going to be studying this for the next several hours. This and always happens. I ended up I ended up studying like there were so many um, clips and. Uh, pieces of information but here's the thing this is where it got me i thought this was going to be a short story because when i first researched it uh, it took me like maybe a half an hour to do the entire story and i was like well that was easy and this is the first time i'm ever, ever going to say this and probably the last but google did not help me uh -oh. at all i uh usually just go off of the first three like pages Lexus of google nexus what did you do i uh what did i do oh uh podcast and youtube so well welcome to my world right um, but usually I, all my information comes from the first three pages of Google when you literally just type in like the location haunted or the location ghost. Right. And, um, this time I did that. I wrote the name of this place and I said haunted. I went through the first three pages. I still didn't really have lots. Then I wrote the location ghosts and the, then that, and I didn't really have much to work off of. And all of my notes ended up being like only half a page, which is not as long as they usually are. So I was like, okay, I guess I have to. Like, get creative with my to research. to a podcast. But the second I researched outside, like, I just typed it in on YouTube, there was, like, so much to go off of, and it went quickly from being a half a page of notes to being, like, ten pages of notes oh, just off the videos. So it, it took a while, um, and I had to watch all the, the stuff. So I'm going to, for once, actually cite my sources because they oh, came God. from... If you were like, oh, I listen to all these podcasts, and then you don't say them, I was like, we're going to get sued. So the, most, of, most of this information, some of it is the, uh, the more of the generic information is from what I could find on Google, but all the details uh, come from Grave Talks podcast, um, Haunting History, Afterlife Sessions, and an episode of Paranormal Lockdown. Ooh. So... Uh, That's a TV show, though, right? That's a TV okay, show. Okay, okay. Um, Afterlife Sessions and Haunting History were also YouTube. Oh, okay. Wait, which one's the podcast? Grave Talks. Oh, oh, oh that's the only one that's a podcast. I feel it's, like I've heard of that one. It's very good. Yeah, I feel like I've heard of it. So thank you to all of those because without you, I would not be able to tell this story. Had I not done that, I now in hindsight would have done such an injustice to this Oh, I'm excited. Location. So it ended up being wildly more haunted than I expected. Okay. So this is the Beatty Mansion. Wait, I've heard of that. Okay. Hopefully I have not covered it. No, no, you haven't. If I did ever cover it, this is going to be the better version of it because I've actually, like, <laughs> branched out. No, no, you haven't covered it. Um, definitely thought it was called the BD Mansion, but thank you, Grave Talks, for correcting me. Sure. BD Mansion. Also apparently known at one point as House on the Hill. Oh, dear. Um, apparently it was... Uh, they didn't want anyone knowing the location of this when they first started investigating, so they literally just dubbed it the House on the Hill. Okay. So that nickname is stuck a little bit. So the Beatty Mansion is in St. Joseph, Missouri, 
or as I have learned through all of my YouTube, St. Joe, Missouri, Missouri. And uh, again, dubbed House on the Hill. It is today 18,000 square feet and it has 30, 34 rooms. Holy smokes. Um, so the story starts in 1854. It was built by Armstrong and Eliza Beatty. Oh, no, I'm thinking of that guy. Walter Warren ba- Beatty? Warren Beatty. <laughs> Walter Beatty? <laughs> Sorry, I've never heard of this place. I literally okay, was like, cool. oh, Beatty. This is not Warren Beatty's home. Okay. Who's Warren Beatty? He's a famous actor. Okay. Sure. I think. Who's, Wal- who's Walter Beatty? <laughs> I don't think he exists. No one. <laughs> um, so this is built by, this house was built in 1854 by Armstrong and Eliza Beatty. The original building was just the East Wing. So that's why earlier I said it is now 18 square feet with 34 rooms. It was just the East Wing, which I think is probably smaller than the West Wing that was built later. Got it. Um, Armstrong, he decided to live in St. Joe. And I'm going to call it St. Joe because that's what everyone else is saying. Mm-hmm. And I want to fit in. Um, Armstrong <laughs> decided to live in St. Joe because money was coming into that part of the city. Because when everyone was heading west, that was one of the main hubs where everyone went to buy supplies. Okay. So I think he was originally planning on moving even further west. But then when he realized how much money the town mm. was bringing in, he was like, okay, I'm just going to stay put here. Makes sense. So he was actually the first banker in St. Joe. He was very respected and a wealthy businessman. He was also apparently like uh, really kind of a dick when it came to business, but he was good at his job. I was going to say that often means that they become successful. So Right. That's and why we're so successful. We're such assholes. Grade A. Listen, <laughs> we have Eva just like tied somewhere. Yeah, she's So just... she can't run away. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also the first elected mayor in 1857, and he was reelected four more times. He's the only person oh my God. to serve five terms in office. Is that even allowed? I mean, I well, guess now it's, I guess it's not. Yeah, <clears throat> he got away with it. Maybe as mayor, you can. Maybe I don't know. Not as not as president. I know that much. <laughs> yeah, our I definitely did really well in like first grade history, and then say, after that, nothing else. Yeah, civics was not a thing that I ever really learned. So in uh, 1878, Armstrong uh, and remember he's married to his wife Eliza. They mm-hmm. don't have any kids. Um, in 1878, Armstrong dies mysteriously of a, quote, sudden bout of cholera. Oh, no. According to the doctors. Um, and then two years later, in 1880, Eliza died of malaria. Oh, no. So one thing I learned this from uh, an interview, I think, in Grave Talks. The people that now do a lot of investigating there, there's a company called Apex Paranormal, who I want to give a shout out to because I think they're responsible for every uh, YouTube video that i saw and they were being interviewed on grave talks um they're like basically the the paranormal hub of information cool. for this place so i want to give them a shout out um in one of the interviews they were saying that there's something really weird about um eliza and that there is a lot of history about the area they've done a lot of research on the property and there's a lot of information about families nearby the Beatty mansion especially a lot of people who are nowhere near as wealthy or have as much stature or are anywhere near the socialite um, circle as Eliza. And they have information about all those people, but there's nothing they can find on Eliza. What? So because they were so well known, you would think there would be a record of them. Um, That's weird. But there's no information that's been easily found. Um, Even more interesting. uh, Oh, before I say that, like this includes like documents from like county, city, state, like, they can't find anything. What? Um, the only reason that they know that she even died of malaria is because somehow they got in touch with distant, distant, distant ancestors who said that the, through the grapevine of their family, that's how she or died. Or, like, descendants? Yeah. Okay. Um, what did I say? 
ancestors, which the I, opposite, I think but the is same. the other way. I was like, did they get in touch like with a spirit board or like maybe okay. who knows I mean, at this point? I didn't know. Truly. You're right. I guess ancestors and descendants are two different things. I think different so. directions. You know, it's not my first language, but it is a language You're better than me at it. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. But so, yeah. So the, several descendants later have heard through just like the family that she might have died from malaria. And they also only know the year that she died. It was two years after uh, her husband because it's on her gravestone. Oh, okay. But so, other than that, they have no, they don't know anything so about this person. And what's even more interesting is that when Armstrong died two years earlier, and the doctor said it was a sudden bout of cholera, even though that there weren't really sudden bouts of cholera. Um, oh. Like you get cholera and then you're really sick for a while before you die. But he had cholera and then died like three days later. Oh, okay. So they don't know anything about Eliza, so they can't make any firm uh, guarantees on this. But it's interesting that three days before he got sick, she found out that in his will he had left no money to her, only the house itself. So he left nothing for her (gasps) for when he died. And then three days later, he just happened to get sick. And the doctors called it cholera because the symptoms looked like cholera, but usually you it takes a lot longer for you to die. But he was diagnosed Thursday and died Sunday. Okay. So it's assumed, even though we can't make any firm sure. yes or no's on this, um, cholera symptoms are very, very, very similar, if not basically identical to arsenic poisoning. Mm-hmm. Um, so they think that... What are the odds that, like, Monday she found out that she was barely in the will. Thursday he gets really sick of something that should take longer to kill him. Mm -hmm. And then by Sunday he's dead. So, but wouldn't that make the opposite sense? Not in a way. I mean, it does make sense. But in a way, like, wouldn't she want to wait till she is back in the will? I guess so. (laughs) Maybe he was like, this is the final draft. I don't know. And she's like, well, might as well. Yeah. Cut the cord now. So uh, within a week, he was dead from her knowing that. I mean, and it's it, implied that she's responsible for poisoning him. It's a weird, very, very weird coincidence. I understand. So when uh, Eliza died two years later from malaria, that from what we can gather, um, and the couple had no heirs, the home was sold uh, to the Ladies' Union Benevolence Association, or as I'm going to call them, Luba. Um, <laughs> I was trying to figure that out. Wait, for... can I ask a quick question? I'm yeah. so sorry. So where did the money, where did he leave his money? He left his money, um, one, uh, I wanted to say article because Google, but one interview um, said that he left it all to a nephew. Oh, that sucks. So it wasn't like to charity. It was like oh no my wife doesn't get it my nephew does yeah he left it to like a um, some uh, extended family that sucks okay um did that guy die too mysteriously i don't know (laughs) that i don't know but so the home was sold to luba the ladies union benevolence association for thirty five hundred dollars um which i you know i love comparing currency than a now i wish someone else figured out but thirty five hundred dollars what year was it um 1880 1880, $3,500 to now. I don't think it's going to know what I'm talking about. Do West Egg inflation calculator. Oh, I could play this fun dinosaur game. <laughs> no internet. Oh, good. Well, this is going much smoother than I imagined. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fast forward. What 30, is it? 3500 1880? Yeah. Okay, so $3,500 in 1880 is, holy smokes, 88 grand oh okay that's still that's still not that much no I mean, a I, for a mansion for a, but for a big old mansion yeah but i guess since it was maybe like a, it was a non-profit organization or something luba i mean i don't know yeah 
So uh, Luba made the house uh, into a home for the friendless, which oh I know. They're so benevolent. They're so benevolent. <laughs> Your friendless folks. That's me. They should put them in with the uh, the odd fellows or something. Oh, I love those guys. Um, so Home for the Friendless was basically an organization where they would house and give food and protect uh unwed mothers any like homeless people any kids that are by themselves um uh the mentally ill maybe any uh, addicts basically anyone that didn't have a home they would shelter you and feed you okay interestingly enough a lot of people that they took in were sex workers in the area because in saint joe alone there were around 80 brothels in the city wow and if you got pregnant as a sex worker you got kicked out of the brothel and so there were a lot of pregnant sex workers that ended up moving in because they were now single moms wow so as more people came in they were like wow we like there's a lot of friendless people and we need to build a west wing so a i think they for a while were an unnamed family but i heard one of the um interviewers actually say the name of the family but it doesn't matter they donated twenty five thousand dollars at the time to help build a west wing and start bringing in more people into the home cool they noticed i don't know if they did this on purpose but they started transitioning into catering more to like elderly families or elderly people that needed a place to stay and so by 1895 they started actually transferring the kids to orphanages and kind of weaning away from single moms Um, and just transitioning into just welcoming in the elderly. Interesting. So then the home of the friendless or whatever it was called. (laughs) Christine's house. (laughs) (laughs) You really do take in a lot of strays. (laughs) Oh, I just meant as one of them. I just meant I live there by myself, but Uh, home for the friendless. Um, They transitioned it into specifically for the elderly and changed the name into Memorial home of the aged. Whoa. Um, They're good at this though. So this whole naming thing. They're called Moha now, I guess. I was going to ask. Maha. I don't It doesn't matter. Maha. Maha. Um, so the home was converted into Memorial Home of the Aged. It actually was, uh, it stayed within the building. That company or that program was uh, with the building for over 100 years. Um, and in 1996, after 101 years later, uh, modern facilities were needed. And the program ended up just getting moved to a new location because it was now pretty small and sure. wasn't, you know, up to standard. So as of 1996, the mansion became a temporary home for recovering addicts, and then it was abandoned until 2004. Okay. So in 2004, it was bought by the current owner. His name's Michael. Um, and his original goal in 2004 was, I'm going to buy this place and turn it into a bed and breakfast. Um, he tried to get renovations going, but uh, activity kept halting the project. No way. Paranormal activity. Oh, hell yeah. So in the 2010s, let's just start there. Okay renovations began and workers heard voices they heard footsteps they heard music they saw shadow figures and uh tools would go missing and the workers even reported getting grabbed and poked um one electrician also was alone in the house at one point and went out to the truck for tools and looked behind him and through the basement window he saw a man in coveralls staring at him oh my he i hope he didn't go back into that house oh he drove off and never came back goodbye so this became a regular thing where the workers could would not come back sure they, he only could get con- uh contractors in there for like a couple days and within a couple <laughs> days he'd be like we're out that's terrible especially if you're just trying to get this bed and breakfast running seriously you just want to do something nice you're like just put up the wallpaper come on <laughs> so the owner of the building thought the people must be breaking in uh he ended up hiring some caretakers i think i don't know if he hired caretakers in bulk and like multiple caretakers were there or even they kept leaving and one by one new caretakers were oh coming i see in. okay 
But at some point, there were multiple caretakers. I don't know the chronology to that. Got it. But he hired caretakers to live there and guard the place since he thought people must be breaking in since everyone is saying that they're seeing people walking around in this house. In coveralls. In coveralls. So uh, one thing that all the caretakers have been able to say is that activity gets even worse whenever there's a storm. Weird. So, which would, I don't know, I don't know enough to be able to make like a, a sweeping statement about that but it would make sense to me that if we believe that ghosts can manipulate the electrical activity charge. I was yeah thinking that too. then lightning and yeah it makes sense and like the amount of energy in the air right yeah i would imagine they like if we think they can touch static energy or manipulate or something then a storm would help conjure that yep or it's also like a shift in like you know how when you change things a shift in, in a fields house yeah, yeah yeah or an environment yeah 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 this is us piecing it together. <laughs> the environment changes when it rains. So I think maybe that makes more ghosts. <laughs> There's a 30% chance it's already raining. So that's actually one of the ghosts. Boob says. <laughs> um, oh my God. So during a one storm, a caretaker was uh, in bed at three in the morning, of course. Always. And uh, woke up to banging on his door, like intense banging on his door. I would just expire on the spot. Especially if you're alone. Like, yeah, I mean, you just exactly. hear like, bam, 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 you're bam. Like, I'm done. On a bedroom door. Like someone's already in your house. Yeah, it's too late. So he got up and he said he felt like eminent danger. Oh God. Okay. And at one point he just got brave enough to be like, I guess I'm going to have to <sighs> check Opened the door. Nobody was there, but all the lights in the hall were on and every other door on the floor was wide open. Goodbye. Oh, so, ew. So it was able to open all the doors except his, which is I guess really... he had a lock on it, maybe. Oh. But even then, like, it go it goes to show that it clearly wanted every door on that floor open. And so it was banging on the door being like, open up. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, at three in the morning. No, thank At three a.m. So, ugh. I know. I have goose cam. Goose cam. Goose zoom. <laughs> Why TM TM by the way? Why is that not on a shirt? Okay, because we said it literally. The episode came out today that we said it on. <laughs> People need to get on that. You've had a week. No, you've, you've had two had... weeks. Oh, now you've had when this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, oh yeah. So another caretaker. Another, again during another storm. Um, oh, so was that one during a storm? That was during a storm. Forget it. This is also during a storm. Keep in mind the activity that I've found. It doesn't really matter if there's a storm or not. It sounds like this place is pretty fucking haunted. Yeah. But conveniently, this was during a storm. It adds to the creepiness, though. Oh, yeah. Like, especially, like, I mean, think of every horror movie you've ever seen. And there's lightning outside. Completely. There was a caretaker who was in bed, again, and heard music and laughter upstairs as if there was a whole party going on. Got out of bed, went to go look, and, like, (laughs) literally could still hear this for the length of walking down an entire hallway. Right, like, so he's up, too. He's up, like, whatever is down there. I would imagine knows that he's up and is continually still making these sounds like fucking with him. And that's right. Oh, walking the run of a hallway. Like that's also a long time. It's not like, Oh, did you hear that? It's like, I can still hear it. And I'm conscious and walking around and trying to investigate while I'm hearing this from somewhere. Horrible. Finally opens a door to like a, uh, I guess he opened a door thinking that might be where the sound was coming from. And then all of a sudden, all of the sound went silent. I'm telling you, this is not as if it was like found us or something. Nice try. Yeah. You didn't catch it. Which I have mentioned before. My stepmom has said that that happens a lot at my dad's house. The place that's super duper fucking haunted. Oh, that they think someone's having a party. Yeah. My my dad sleeps like a rock, but my stepmom sleeps super light and she's more in tune with this stuff. Sure. And uh, she said there's been many times where... um, They're sleeping and they live in a tiny little cabin. Like they don't have anything really going on. out in the middle of nowhere. Right, right. But so she'll be lying in bed and the living room is like right next to their bedroom. And 
she'll wake up sometimes and hear like it's as if there's tens of people like right outside their door having this huge party like music's going there's laughter there's drinks clinking there's talking like it's like a whole party and you're just like in the bathroom or something and she'll get up and she'll walk outside and the second she like looks into the living room all the sound goes silent oh goose cam goose cam i do do you think because i like with something like this or like shining it's kind of like oh a flashback to previous prior times like what do you think is going on at your stepmom and dad's house well and this is not to give a bad rep to anybody in the community but my stepmom is wiccan and that doesn't mean that she's doing anything um like wrong when it comes like her rituals or her ceremony or anything but i i like to think because she's opened up the doorway so many times um, maybe it's just kind of like a thinner veil. Yeah, so maybe yeah, yeah. she's hearing things from another realm Yeah, or maybe it's residual. Although the only history we know of that, of the cabin they live in is the people who lived there before them. And they weren't like Rogers. Were, they weren't, they literally lived in a cabin in the middle of the woods. Um, and they were like 70 year old retirees. Like they didn't do anything wild. I wonder if they heard it. Maybe. I don't know. know. Oh, actually I do remember when we moved in, they did say the place was haunted. Um, I wonder what, that's so fascinating. I wonder what happened before them. I mean, geez. I don't know. I But I know that, um, I wouldn't think that's residual from them. It must be residual from before them because we also have other ghosts there, like several other ghosts. We have one named Charlie who, Oh yeah. I used to think Charlie was a cool dude and I, I now have associated him with the demon that also lives in that house. Fantastic. So I don't know if Charlie's the demon or Charlie was cool. <sighs> But when I hear Charlie, it, like, now it, like, triggers all these, like, times where I would, like, wake up in the middle of the night to a massive black cloud floating over me. Oh, good. And I just wrote that on my list of favorite girls' names. So <laughs> I'm glad that maybe Funkle M doesn't a want, demon. want a little Charlie running around. Um, yeah. Also, while you were telling that, I glanced up and made eye contact with Robert the doll. Then I went, uh-oh, and I turned and I made eye contact with the skull in the <laughs> other corner. And I'm like, I can't escape. This is not the place to feel spiritually safe. No. Um, also, my bedroom is literally on the other side of this wall. So if I start hearing a fucking party tonight, I am right, not right, right. leaving my room. Just Yeah, well, my stepmom got to a point where she would just open the door and go shut up and then slam the door and then the sound would go it away. It would have to go away, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fucking terrible. That's horrifying. Um, she should get one of those nanny cams and just, like, see. Actually, that'd be pretty genius. We did find out that um, I think this is also related to the um, uh, Black Cloud, the demon. Oh, you know that one. You know that one. Um, at one time, at one point when I would had done my ghost hunting, I brought over some equipment and we did a, kind of like a yes or no questionnaire was something that was there and we found out that it hated me for being lgbt whoa you're lgbt i am (laughs) sorry also i i believe that this spirit also not to like call anyone out but i have a feeling that it was um i forget what i don't know if i don't remember what happened but apparently through either my medium friend or something that my stepmom had gathered about him Found out that it was a man dressed like he was from the 50s. Really hated me. And we imagine there's some latent repressed homosexual <sighs> tendencies on his end. So I think he was doing the internalized homophobia towards me. In his death? In the afterlife? And that might be why he hated me. You know, I really, I always liked to believe that you kind of resolved your issues upon your death. But it seems like now you just kind of bring them with you. Maybe that's why he never passed, moved on. Maybe. Anyway. Oh, okay. Sorry. Anyway, that's a tall, that's a tall story, I, I suppose. That is quite a story. Quite a Anyway, tale. there may or may not be a gay demon that's after me. Um, <laughs> Please don't bring it here. 
I certainly try not to. Also, don't call if he listen. If he has some suppressed things and you're calling him gay, he's gonna get even mad. You are as straight as a circle, yeah. my friend. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean an arrow. I mean an arrow. Ugh. Okay. So where were we? I don't have any idea. <laughs> Thank you for asking me, though. Okay. So oh yeah, storms. Um, sure. Oh, the guy heard music in his hallway, and then this, and then it went silent. Right. There's another caretaker, or maybe the same. I they all start overlapping at one point. One caretaker who was staying in the middle of the night heard a what sounded like a butler outside of his room going, I'll be right there, sir. Ooh. Which, by the way, I would have been like, no, 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 stay where you are. Like, I would have been like, what are want... you bringing me, first of all? And it's then like, I'll tell you. <laughs> please, I hope I'm not sir. I hope there's another sir. And then it's like, I hope there's another ghost. But then it's like, I don't want anyone there. Woof. Anyway. Yeah, he... true. You hope it's addressing someone that's not you, but also then there's two ghosts. Right. Exactly. Oh, oh no. Catch 22. So apparently he got out of bed, ran out, because at this point he thought, you know, his whole point, his whole job was to make right. sure nobody was breaking in. Like, protect the house. And he heard a guy say, I'll be right there, sir. And he was like, okay, someone's probably breaking in. It's so the he- politest burglar ever. Right, exactly. <laughs> the burglar we all want. Um, so then he ran out of his room and nobody was there. At another time, a caretaker was in the kitchen, knelt down to grab something, stood back up, and there was a full-bodied apparition standing in front of him. I mean... You can't even blink nowadays. I mean, if you're, if you're me, without getting terrified that you're going to see something. Oh, every time I am in some sort of vulnerable position, I'm Honestly. like, the second I recover from this, there's going to be 5,000 oh, demons yeah. around like, me. Like, open the shower door, close the... In the shower. Close the mirror cabinet. Every time I go to bed now, so I'm... Obviously, I go to bed after everyone else in my apartment, because RJ wakes up at, like, 5 a.m. And, you know, to do sports. To, to literally go to the gym for fun. Um... <laughs> So I go to bed last and I have to walk through, I have to turn off all the lights and then walk from the living room down the hall to the bedroom. And now every single time I consider it preparation. If we were to like ever like do a ghost hunt or something, I'm like, I just stand there and I'm like, okay, what if I were to ever actually have to be in a dark room? I need to like be ready. I need to like steal my nerves. I need to normalize this. I need to like desensitize myself. (laughs) Oh no. Not to say we are or anything, but like, I just, I like to imagine like, I need to teach myself this for survival because who knows? I hope you don't expect me to be that way because I'm definitely not. <laughs> but it's just like a, a fun little risky game I play with myself. How fun is that? So uh, the another, one time the owner was in the basement and he felt burning on his arm. Um, took off his sweater later and saw that there were three deep scratches in his arm, <gasps> enough to cause bleeding. And at that time, he was like, okay, now this thing is getting violent. I need help and I need answers. And so he reached out to nearby paranormal places and found Apex Paranormal. Um, he asked them to come in and investigate and apparently their first night there, even like the first five minutes there, they got so much evidence that the owner ended up agreeing to just open up the house to them. Wow. And now Apex Paranormal does regular investigations there and apparently they even host other teams to investigate there too. Can we come? Apex, is this a ringing endorsement to you yet? Can you tell that we're so prepared when we walk down the hallway and can't even... They'll be like, I heard you want to go ghost hunting in the dark and you're preparing yourself in your apartment. So yeah, come spend a night with us. Yeah, it seems like you're not ready. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, a little thank you. Bit. Um, so now the building gets rented out by investigators through, I think either through Apex or Apex is the one that goes there most often. But it gets rented out by investigators and all that money goes towards the remodel and upkeep that he's always wanted. So wow. in the first five minutes, the rest is now just ghosts. Um, and there's a lot. So get ready, guys. Um... Oh, I lost my spot. Oh, here we are. Okay, so in the first five minutes of Apex being there, apparently they saw a shadow 
they were in like the a main room and they just like how if you're in a living room and it's kind of dark out you'll see like a shadow of like a lampshade or something against the wall they were in this room long enough that they saw a shadow and had normalized it as like oh that's just a shadow of the furniture oh my god they were there for like a solid five minutes or something and then only after that much time the shadow flew off the wall. oh my god as if it had been sitting and waiting Watching. and listening yeah oh god um, then from there, they saw a figure walking down the hall in the middle of the day. Like, it was bright enough that you wouldn't think it's, like, spooky hour, but people are walking down the hall. And then they heard a female voice shouting, I want to go home. <gasps> oh, no. Which, when you... First of all, there's... I want to make it clear. So many people in the last hundred plus years have gone through this place. Sure. That there's no way to know everyone's story. But between it, housing... Homeless people, right, the right. elderly, sex workers, children. Oh. Uh, I mean, it held every type of person that has, like, a pretty wild story. There's no way to even know what you're listening to half the time. Oh, my God. But so they heard a woman say, I want to go home. And not just through a digital recorder later. Like, they heard it in real time. It was such a powerful voice. They all heard it in real time without any machines. Yikes. Um, so the main spirit is Eliza, the one who potentially murdered her husband with arsenic. Super. Um, she is the most prominent spirit in the house, and she's mainly seen on the second floor between the east and west wings, which is interesting because you would think that might be a residual spirit, but it's proven, It's at least it confirms that it's an intelligent spirit because she would have no reason to guard that part of the area since the west wing was built after she died. Right. And she's really protective of this space for some reason. Wow. And it's definitely an intelligent um spirit and not a residual spirit because she actively responds to you and she actively hates men um oh boy to okay. a point where if a man is standing in this hall for too long she will usually only like push you or poke you or you know something like that but it's gotten to a point where there have been multiple times where she has literally tried to choke men oh geez so hard that she has left handprints and thumb marks on their necks later oh geez she will literally try to push into your voice box oh 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 oh, oh, oh. but if she likes you she'll play with your hair i i don't know i don't know if i want her to like I, me you know i don't think, want her to not like me I, I, yeah i don't think i want to like be the there. lesser of two evils um but yeah, she will literally try to push into your voice box and there will be like choke marks well, later. Well, that's just terrible. Um, and there was one interviewer, a researcher there named Sharon, Shannon. And um, she, I, there was a quote where she was like, if you have long hair, it'll definitely get played with if you're here. Like Ugh. there's without a doubt, like they like long hair. Cut it off. <laughs> Shave your damn head. Shave it. So also there's room 19 because remember there's 34 rooms here and a lot of it was a boarding house at one point. Right. So room 19 um, – it's alleged that there was a woman who hanged herself here from mm. piping in that room. Oh, no. Um, there's been no hard evidence of that. However, mediums and uh, EVP sessions have both confirmed that by speaking to spirits. In the basement, a.k.a. the worst part of this entire place, um, that is where at one point servants lived before it turned into a, a bunch of uh, housing. Um, but it was uh, Henry and... George, not Henry and Georgiana. That's the Piddick mansion that I just covered. Oh, I got them mixed up too. Armstrong and Eliza. Sorry, please refer to our previous episode. <laughs> um, or don't and just ignore that. Or don't. <laughs> uh, so Armstrong and Eliza, their servants stayed in the basement. Also, the creepiest part about this basement, I mean, there's many creepy things, but my personal favorite creepy thing about this is it still has the original doors from the 1800s on the hinges Blah. in the basement. What? So I saw uh, pictures on it from the YouTube video uh, like, the paint is all, like, cracked, and the handle looks like it's, like, older Ooh. than life. Um, 
So lots of negative energy there. They also think, fun fact, that the kitchen, um, first of all, the kitchen is super haunted. You can see a bunch of shadows walking through there all the time. They'll even, like, peek around the corner and shit. Yikes. They think the kitchen is super haunted because it is directly above the basement, which is full of negative energy. Interesting. Also, I feel like the kitchen's such a, I don't know, maybe it's just because I was at, like, a house party last night. I feel like there's, everyone just always gathers in the kitchen. Right. Like, it's the most active right. part exactly. of most households. I would say so. I My kitchen at my house is haunted. Yeah. In case, in case you didn't know that, mom. Interesting. Um, oh, also, so there's a lot of negative energy there. There's also allegedly a lot of abuse that happened to the kids when they lived there. Because oh, remember, they weren't even originally moving them to orphanages. They were just lone kids that lived here. That's so sad. And adults might have abused them. Sure. Um, to be fair, there's still apparently a lot of research to do before there's any official mm. comment on that. But it's alleged that a lot of kids used to be in the basement and so there's probably some dark things that happened oh, in the basement geez. Um, i mean there was probably at least suffering if there were people there who just didn't have a home at or the very have... least there were sad children in the basement yeah <laughs> it's, it's not a good it's not a good start well so apparently in the basement and in other parts of the house it's not just contained to the basement but in the basement there have been um, a lot of children heard down there from playing to um, laughing to yelling to talking to each other um, there's also apparently one, there's an older woman and a little boy that are always paired together. So I don't know if that's like a mother and son deal. I don't know if they just became friends when oh. they lived there, but uh, apparently they've been seen in the basement together. And by the way, these, these YouTube videos that I watched, they do a really good job of showing you um, an original footage where like a lot of these EVPs, I am not going to get to the EVPs yet, but when I get to them, I do want to say like, I listen to them and they're like weirdly clear as day they're not ones that you have to guess on like you can hear children's voices playing and talking to each other you can hear men talking to each other you can hear a woman just screaming like (laughs) but it's like they're not messing around and especially if you're in a room full of adults and you hear children talking on an like yeah like there's nobody in the room like that's something else exactly and you can like hear like toys being like kind of oh god touched on and stuff so anyway so here's some of the other ghosts Armstrong has been seen pacing the halls of the East Wing and sometimes whistling while he's walking around. Um, I did hear an EVP of the whistling. It is definitely whistling. Creepy. Uh, The lower portions of the house is where most of the spirits of children are seen, especially in the kitchen. There's a lot of children and there's a lot of um, adult. There's an adult man that walks around. Um, But apparently in the kitchen, most of the time, if you are seeing either the man or the children, it's always shadow figures. So you don't see solid full-bodied children running around you just see child-sized shadow people running around which Ooh. is even worse than like an adult-sized shadow person yeah i don't know it's all bad um children's voices like i said are heard calling out all the time plus you can hear them laughing yelling playing together um in the kitchen there's a one shadow figure that walks around that's the size of a very tall man who will peek around the corners and sometimes actually follow you into the kitchen See, behind you so you don't know but someone else will see you walk in with someone and be like oh who was who followed you in here that where are they and they, there was no one you'll see someone looking over your shoulder which is just the worst yep Uh-oh. also in the basement with uh several children uh there is a dark entity that has been seen walking in the halls oh. charging at people oh. taunting people and then has a very creepy laugh which i have heard on evp and Ew. it's literally like fresh out of a movie like rah, ha, 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 ha. what the fuck laughing in evps always gets me yeah it's like like you i kind of hate that you're having a great time you're enjoying it yeah not that i wish you're having a bad time i mean if you're a demon i hope you're having a bad time 
It's that I don't know what you are, and therefore I don't know how I want your attitude to be. Right. I haven't decided what feelings If you're a you demon, please don't be happy. But also don't be mad, because then you're going to be twice. That is... Mm. <sighs> what are we... 22. So... Wow. Another, there's been another man in a white shirt and overalls that's seen in the basement, uh, oh, which the makes sense because of the electrician who was there and saw someone staring out the window. Mm-hmm. People in the basement have been scratched, poked, grabbed, shoved, um, and have left with bruises because of how hard they've been grabbed at. Oh, no. Apparently, the Beatty Mansion has a Twitter handle I want to mention. It's called Beatty Mansion. Nice. Uh, and it updates you on uh, investigations and features on paranormal shows. How do you spell that? b-e-a-t-t-i-e mansion okay i got it and um but yeah so they it's literally it seems like it's only like paranormal updates which is kind of cool really nice um also their website baitymansion.com literally has a whole paranormal section where they post investigation evidence i love for you to view so i i appreciate when a business is like look we're not trying to hide it it's haunted here's some footage like they know what half of us are here for to begin with right there are so many places, like, when we went to, like, the Fister Hotel, we were like, I hear it's the most haunted hotel in the entire state. And they're like, no, there's no ghosts here. And I'm like, watch what? your mouth. Like, honesty is clearly not part of your professional conduct. And then there's, like, a plaque somewhere, like, all the ghosts on this floor. And we're like, wait. <laughs> or, like, you're telling me it's not haunted, and yet there are, like, grown, like, baseball players that are fleeing oh, from this right. hotel. Oh, and having their contract, they will not stay there. That's right. And then I was there, and I saw someone, like, sitting on the bed next to yeah. me. Yeah. Absolutely not. Goodbye. Come on, Fister Hotel. Make it clear. But also don't say Own us. it. Own it, and also just, like, have a secret tab where all the evidence is yeah. so I can look at it. Own your ghosts. Um, so people have seen a shadow man walking uh, up to them from around the corner of and, like, seeing them in their eyes. Like, you're sitting here, see someone walk up to you and standing there. And then when you turn around, not only is he still there, but then he'll, like, turn the corner and walk off before you can speak to him. Ew. So there's shadow people that show up and just, like, wait for you to look at them. Ooh. Sometimes they will just vanish, but there have been people who have said, like, oh, no, I watched him turn the corner and I couldn't ask right, who he right. was. People have seen uh, someone standing at the top of the stairs, which is usually Eliza's spot on the second floor. Sure. Sometimes people have literally seen Eliza hovering over a group of people. Oh, what? Some people have seen her standing at the top of the stairs and then walking away. Apparently, people have seen orbs that they assume are Eliza at the top of the stairs, float down the stairs, and then come back up the stairs. Wow, she likes those stairs. Really likes her. She's got to get her steps in. Her calves are pretty built. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, People have their shirts getting tugged on. People experience vertigo. They have uh, ear ringing. Um, People uh, will feel touches on their hand. Apparently, there's intelligent EMF spikes and equipment responses. So if you say, can you touch this light? The light will go on. Mm. Sometimes the uh, interview sessions with spirits have gotten so intense that objects have been thrown at people. There were two different videos that I watched of the four. Or I, I watched more, but the, the four sources that I, I listed are the ones with the most information that I got. At least two of those, someone got rocks thrown at them. Oh, my God. Um, there have been orbs that will follow you. Kids have been seen running up and down the halls and up the stairs. One investigator named Elijah from Apex Paranormal said that he was in the basement by himself sitting on the bucket. First mistake. Well, apparently he's one of the only people who's actually been in the basement alone. Everyone only wants to do the buddy system when they're oh, there. Yeah, I don't blame him. So he went to the basement by himself, and he just, like, sat down there, and he was sitting, like, on a bucket that was upside down, and he saw a shadow figure um, from an off room in the basement kind of peek in and then hide, Mm-mm. and then peek in and then hide. And then after, like, a half an hour, it was kind of literally, like, a whole shadow figure 
Um, at first he thought it was like, oh, maybe that's something like obstructing the window or a reflection. Right. But eventually within a half an hour, it wasn't just peeking out anymore. It was like walking out and then running back in. Oh my. Oh no, no, And no, then no, no. walking out as if it was either playing a game or getting braver. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, either. Oh no. Either I, I hate both. Very. It's all bad. And so Elijah said it kept leaving farther out and then running back in for safety and then getting closer to him and then running out. And he said, quote, the feeling of dread and danger I got when when this happened was enough to make me fall off the bucket and stumble away before I gathered myself. It was one of the more intense, scariest moments I've had because what ended up happening at the end was as it got braver and braver, instead of walking out and running back in at one point, it just fucking bull rushed him. No. And it freaked him out so much that this thing was literally just charging at him, sprinting at full force. And oh, and he like threw himself off the bucket and just never went back down there. And that thing probably had a grand old time. It was probably when it started laughing. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <sighs> um, there are apparently, uh, one of the sources told me that there's a lot of pictures still hanging up on the walls there from that, like, this 100-year-old map. But, like, 100-year-old pictures of the children who used to live there and shit. Um, and there's clothing still there from people who used to live there. Creepy. Um, so, yeah, and clothing. also this is the place, like, where a lot of people did have their last good memories because this was the last place that housed them. Wow. Um, so there's a lot of things that could still easily be attached here. Sure. Um, one of the investigators, or Shannon, the researcher, she even said, you get your best experiences here when you just treat it like it's a home where you're visiting people who live here and you you know, are just visiting and you're just sitting down and hanging out and wanting to talk to them instead of coming in here and demanding them to speak to you. But what kind of ghost hunter would do that? There are EVPs. <laughs> what? No, you're right. He doesn't listen. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I've I've been getting brave and tagging him and things, so now I'm That's scared. your own That's my problem. fault. So, uh... He blocked me long ago. I gave up. Back. I'm next. The I day it happens. Then. Um, so, here... This is now all just EVPs. The rest of my notes are just EVPs. Which, like, just to give you an idea. Oh, shit. Like, that's more than... A lot more than normal. Get the goose cam ready. Get the goose cam ready. So, goose zoom... <laughs> I did not know you were going <laughs> to help. That's going to be an EVP like in a hundred years when someone's investigating this area and they just are like, goose zoom? What could Several that- people going, goose zoom. What could that possibly mean? So here are some of the EVPs. I, this, this isn't even all of them. Everything that I, um, I tried to write down every single one. And this isn't even all of it. I got fed up at one point. I was like, there's too many. <laughs> got fed up. Okay. Which is the first time that's ever happened where I'm like, there's too many EVPs. I've never heard this. Um, so I apparently mean. there are EVPs not limited to, included but not limited to. Sorry. I forgot what the phrase was. I'm waiting in here. What's up? I don't know where this one comes from, but it's definitely a distinct 81. Oh. Um, come here. No, not here. <laughs> A kid saying six pieces as of if like chocolate to- or toys oh. or, or chocolate. <laughs> That's where my mind If went. it were me, it'd be 60 pieces. Oh, right. Not an, uh, what was it? 81 <laughs> pieces of chocolate. That's actually, wait, that's future me. That's my ghost. <laughs> Piece it all together. Um, I don't know what these mean. They're super out of context, but a man saying anybody can walk. What? I don't know what that means. And I don't I, know if I agree with I it. Don't. I don't. It's also very spooky if you're like a demon. I don't know. I, this is all terrible. What I like to think of it is. Uh, so my grandpa was an amputee. But oh, sure. Yes. When people have. Uh, and many of us have seen him after he passed. And every one of us have seen him with both of his legs. Right. And we were like, huh. He doesn't look younger, which is interesting. You'd think the first thing you'd want to do is like age to like 
your favorite year or something. Right. But he's, maybe that was his favorite. Maybe he maybe, just maybe, liked... his, maybe his favorite limb. I don't know. Yeah. But I imagine that's something my grandpa would say when we find him on the stairs and he's dead. And he's like, anybody can walk. He's like, where's it? I thought your leg was gone. Well, <laughs> anybody can walk. You just try hard enough. So uh, there's another EVP of a male saying, go back. There's an EVP of a male saying, we're happy. There's the creepy male laughs. There's the sounds of dragging. There's a sound of, uh, there's piano keys playing, which I, I had heard. I heard in a few of the videos. That's weird. Um, there's a female EVP of someone saying, catch me. There's another female. No, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to leave you over go there. Go away. Actually, wherever I do find you, I'm going to go the opposite direction. Right, right. Run away from me. There's a female voice that says, you're welcome. There's a male voice that says, look behind you. Okay. A female voice has been heard singing. There's another female British uh, voice saying, I'll help you write this up. So it might have been someone who worked there. Interesting. An EVP saying, is it cold out? Get out of here. Shannon. Oh. And a male voice saying, get out. There's also been apparently a lot of hissing and growling oh, sounds. Oh, 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 oh. I like how there's one that says, we're happy. And then the rest <laughs> is just like. Everyone's like, no, we're not. Yeah. Um. So apparently for the little kids, uh, they've learned that if you, like, if there's like a bed or a table or something, if you take a bunch of candy and leave it everywhere and then you walk away, when you come back, all the candy will be rearranged. <laughs> so in this area, they decided they were going to put candy out. And this, I think we was in paranormal lockdown, but anyway, so they decided to put candy out and they got an EVP of a little kid saying trick or treat and <gasps> then a little kid laughing. Oh, goose zoom. Oh no. Oh my gosh. An EVP of trick or treat. I mean, some of these, like, I'll help you write that up. Like that's a long ass. Yeah. In a British accent, no less. Yeah. Like, like the fact that you can decipher it means it must be so clear. And this isn't like a spirit box where it's like coming. It's like just from the. Yeah. air like yeah. it's from nothing that's it's just so... from wavelengths that we can't or frequencies we can't hear that is so spooky dude um so there's another evp after being asked did we see you run down this hallway and you can hear someone say i did uh-huh great uh they asked if they if the spirit could touch a meter um to like prove that it was here they got an evp saying it's hard oh and then the meter did go off and you then they did said, it. did you make that? Uh, did you do that? And they got an EVP. It is. It is my fault. Oh, no. It's not your fault. It's like, no, you, you did it. I guess it's your fault. We asked fault. you to do it. I guess it's your, you caused it, You're but it's not, not your trouble. fault. Uh, when asking, did you go in here? Someone threw a rock at Nick. <laughs> like in the room that he, he heard something go into the space. Looked in the room and said, did you go in here? A rock got thrown at him. Who's Nick? Is he just in one of these? This He's in paranormal. Oh, lockdown. oh, oh. Um, this is Nick Groff. Um, it is? Yes. Like from... He has his own show called Paranormal Lockdown. That. Though, I okay. Think. I don't think I've ever seen that show. Um, really good. Uh, so he said, did you go in here? A rock got thrown at him. And then he said, he was like, oh, what happened? Who did that? Blah, blah, blah. And an EVP said, I throwed it. Oh, okay. So it might have been a little kid. It sounds like, yeah. Who knows? Also in this show, it was explained that the longer you stay in uh, the house, the more the energy intensifies because it gets comfortable around you. Oh, um, I just forgot to mention that earlier. That's in my notes. That's spooky. Also, they used the SLS stick figure machine mm. and one, a person was standing right next to Nick. And when he went out like this to like touch the air, cause he couldn't see it, but someone said, Oh, there's something by you. He went to stick his hand out to feel a cold spot. And then he felt what felt like a person move Ooh. at the exact same time that the camera showed the stick figure moving away from him. Ooh. It's like, don't touch me. And then an EVP of a voice saying, I'm sorry. As if it was, like, in his way or something. Hmm. 
Oh my. Oh my. They asked, where can we find you? An EVP said upstairs. Um, during a spirit box session, they said, did you have good memories here? They said, I did not. Oh. They, uh, another, a team asked, what's your name? They got the word Eliza. Hmm. Um, and then Paranormal Lockdown got several EVPs right after one another saying, turn back, Nick, warning you, I'm not leaving in the cellar. I can help him. Okay. Okay. And then. Goodbye. I think, I think two of those might've actually been from a different YouTube thing, but I mean, they're all creepy and they're all long, which is the worst part. It's and, all bad. And there's another EVP that they got, um, right before a, um, a motion sensor went off. An EVP saying, I ain't dead. So well, I don't know if that was like, it showed up to Debatable, like... <laughs> but... <laughs> In our world, you are. But I'm not one to argue with uh, with a with a undead spirit, so... Um, someone also said uh, two different names came up when they were like, "Who who's here or what's your name? They got Annette and they got Preston. They asked, is there anything we can do to help you? And they got an EVP saying yes. Another time they said, will you talk to us more later if we come back? And they got an EVP saying, you got it. Aww. They asked, can we stay here tonight? And they got an EVP saying, you could. <laughs> if you were brave. <laughs> um, they asked, are you Eliza? And EVP said, yeah. They asked, how many of us are here? And then the EVP said, many. They asked, do you... oh, so this was um, this was actually Elijah from Apex. He was uh, talking about how one time he was in the hallway where Eliza does not like men. He actually felt himself getting choked <laughs> and like feeling his neck getting wrapped around. He couldn't breathe. And at some point he could breathe again and said, listen, if you want me to leave, just say you want me to leave. You don't have to hurt me. Like, I'll go if you want me to. Um, just tell me to leave. And then he heard an EVP of a woman say, leave. And he did. I was going to say, did he though? <laughs> because I feel like a lot of times you get, get out. And then I'm like, ooh, cool. And then they don't get up. He also had asked before. He was like, Eliza, are you the one that choked me? And they got an EVP of her saying yes. She's like, how much clearer do I have so, to make it's like, it? like, I don't know what you need from me at this point. Get out of my hallway. They asked, what's your name? They got an EVP that said Jeff. They've asked, did you smoke cigars? And Jeff said, yes. And then they said, what would you do to relax? And Jeff said, so. So all of those, those all happened at one time in one chunk, which is kind of cool because that's super intelligent responses. It is. They asked, who's in here with us? And they've gotten an EVP that said Ed. And then I guess Ed or whoever was in the room with them scared one of the investigators by accident. And they said, did you mean to scare her? And an EVP came out saying, I didn't accident and then uh where is the best place to talk they got basement no uh they asked can we play more music and i guess there was like maybe they're playing music to try to get people to talk can we play more music and they got an evp not in this room mm. and then uh i guess they had heard knocking on the wall in response to yes or no questions so they said did you just knock on the wall and they got an evp saying you found me oh forget it uh, in the basement where all the kids' voices are often heard, they and also there's that one woman who seems to always be with that little boy. Right. They heard in the basement uh, kids' voices, and then they heard a woman say, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. Aww. Almost as if the investigators scared the kids, and the woman was saying, Aww. it's okay. Um, last but not least, uh, this was one of Apex Paranormal's first investigations, I guess, but they um, they said it was also one of their favorite things that they've witnessed is they heard a little kid um, it, with their in real time with their ears, not a machine. They heard a little kid um, sing songy, say the name Eliza, like oh, Eliza. 
And so they think it was a kid. It could have been Eliza herself. Um, but they heard it loud enough that it echoed through the room. Oh, dear. And they thought it might have been other people investigating upstairs. And they checked with them and no one had said anything. So they played it back on their digital recorder. And you can hear the voice coming from the other side of the wall. Oh, God. And that somehow is a story I never covered called The Beatty Mansion. That is insane. Yeah. That is scary. Like, that place is... Bananas! Yeah, I mean, really, truly. Bananas! Beyond. We're sorry. We're sorry. Eliza. It sounds kind of like the Hamilton. Oh my god, it does! Okay. All right. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink it feels very fitting that juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy we're happy but because we're not mind readers we don't always know when they're unwell and in my experience cats are not the most you know open when it comes to sharing their woes and there goes Junie. Literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, we are way deep in this episode, so let's get moving to murder. Let's get freaky. This is the murder of, this is the story of the murder of Hella Crafts, a.k.a. the Woodchipper murder. Okay. And I thought I had, I thought I had covered this too, but I hadn't, and um, it's a pretty big one. So here we go. Let me get Love it. comfortable in my creaky chair. Okay. So, interestingly enough, 
this, which I didn't know when I started this, was the first ever episode of Forensic Files, like the pilot. Oh, wow. In uh, which Forensic Files, obviously, I hope you guys, most of you know what it is, but it is the longest running true crime series in TV history. Also, if you work at Forensic Files and want us to somehow be a part of Forensic Files, please let us know. What, as like, I don't know, dramatic reenactment actors? Actually, yes. yes. That. Wait a minute. Not as correspondence at all. Just like There's as the no murderer. correspondence. It's been the same narrator Let's... since 1996. So don't even try. What if he needs a day off? We can help. Absolutely not. I don't want to fill in for him. He's fucking got it. Okay. It. I feel like the show will not survive without him. Um, and I should know his name because he's very famous, but I don't remember. Sorry. His name's M. Schultz. No, it's not. Season one, episode one, uh, originally aired April 21st, 1996. And the episode was called The Disappearance of Helicrafts. So, okay, here we go. Helicrafts was a Danish flight attendant living in Newtown, Connecticut, which is near where Blaze is from. Uh, she and her husband, Richard Crafts, who also worked for the airlines as a pilot and um, also on the side as a part-time police officer. So they'd actually met working um, in the airlines. Uh, had married in 1979 and had settled down in Connecticut. And she continued to work and they had three children and both parents worked. And by the mid-80s, their marriage was not so happy. Um, Hella began to suspect Richard of having an affair. And so in September of 1986, she finally had enough. She met with a divorce attorney named Diane Anderson, who was interviewed in this Forensic Files episode. And the two um, of them decided it was smart. It would be best for her to hire a private investigator um, to follow the husband and see what they could find out before doing any sort of divorce paperwork. So they uh, interviewed the private investigator. His name is Keith Mayo. I love not it. even kidding. They literally... My name is M. Mustard. <laughs> well, I'm Christine Horseradish, so go away. <laughs> <laughs> um, Keith Mayo had, uh, like, okay, so I don't think this is real, but in the reenactment, there's, like, this door, and it's, like, private eye, Keith Mayo. And it's just so good because it's the 90s, and it's so dramatic. Dramatic reenactments were way more dramatic in the 90s. Um, oh, yeah. Especially – I'm sorry. His name is just crazy. It reminds me of a Proud Family when Penny Proud's best friend was like Dijonet and yeah. all of her siblings were different spices. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I've loved that show. Dude. Anyway. Um, okay. So Keith Mayo was also interviewed in the episode. So this is like a chock-a-block full. Um, she explained to Keith uh, that Richard was never home. He was constantly lying about his whereabouts, etc., um, friends would later say Richard was also physically abusive towards her at this point. Um, and so when she hired Mayo P.I., uh, <laughs> it's just so wild, <clears throat> Keith Mayo P.I., and gave him some, so she gave him some phone bills and they featured a phone number that she didn't recognize. And so he, you know, found where that phone number was coming from um, and he followed the leads, asked to meet up with her a few weeks later. And when they met up, Keith handed Hella a set of photos he had taken of Richard kissing another woman outside of this other woman's home in New Jersey. Uh-oh. Not only was she another woman, she was another flight attendant. So that just, I feel like, oh, no. has got to hurt pretty gotta bad. Hurt. So she's devastated, obviously, even though she had, you know, had a clue about this. She was pretty devastated. Um, two months later, November 18th, 1986, Hella had gotten back from working a long flight from Frankfurt, and her uh, one of her work friends dropped her off at home. And unfortunately, she was never seen again. Oh, no. 
Uh, a few days later, when Helen missed her next flight assignment and hadn't called in sick, which was very much unlike her, a few of her friends called her home phone, and Richard, uh, her husband, explained that she had gone to Denmark to visit her sick mother. So when they kind of looked into this and were like, really, we didn't hear about this? Like, she would have mentioned it. Um, and he said, oh, no, actually, sorry. Hella was actually on vacation in the, uh, some island with her friends and can't be reached. And they were like, okay, you just said she was with her sick mother in Denmark. So, okay. So Already changing story? your story, yeah. Um, so her coworkers were like, okay, something is clearly up here. They also remembered that she had recently confided in them on one of their shifts, saying, if anything ever happens to me, don't think it was an accident. I'm like, okay. if someone says that to me, I'm going to – I'm so – I would, like, call the police. I don't know what I would I'd be do. like, I'm going to preemptively call the police Preemptively. Now. Like, if you ever get a call from this phone number, oh, no. it's an emergency. And they'll be like, we're the police. It's always an emergency. <laughs> and I'll be like – Right, you're correct. Blaze works at an emergency room, and I can tell you it is not always an emergency. Oh, okay. <laughs> in fact, 99% of the time, it seems to be a minor nosebleed uh, or a bug bite. Anyway. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, sorry. So, yes, I. it's just such a trope in these crime shows now of, like, if something happens to me, it was him or whatever. I'm like, oh, my God, if someone told me that, I would be so scared already before anything even happened. Yeah. It's just not terrifying. a good sign. Um, so they were like, well, something's going on clearly. So they got in contact with Hella's attorney, Diane, uh, her divorce attorney and said like, Hey, she just vanished and her husband's not telling us where she is. And, um, this is obviously really unusual. She has three young kids at home. She wouldn't just disappear. So, uh, Diane called our friend Keith Mayo PI who immediately said, Richard had something to do with this because he had been following him and he like knew how rocky their marriage was and he just knew something was up. So he immediately decided to report her missing to the Newtown Police Department. Uh, Unfortunately, they didn't seem all that worried. You know, it's hard with missing people. Most of those cases are solved pretty quickly. And so a lot of times they're not taken seriously. Um, So Keith was dismissed. You know, his concerns were kind of dismissed. So Keith said, you know what? This sounds like a case for Keith Mayo, P.I. And his partner, Dijonet. <laughs> and M. Mustard and Christine Horsradish. Do you know what I think is the wildest fun fact about Proud Family? What's that? Is that... Uh, sorry, I know I keep bringing it back to the... I just love spices. Um, Since when? I don't know. You don't like spices. I just love this conversation. Okay. <laughs> um, that... Did you remember, like, the, the bossy girl on Proud Family? Yeah. Do you know what her name was? No, I don't remember. La Cienega Boulevardes stop i need to rewatch this show and for any i remember like it came to me in like a vision and i was like what on earth and for those who do not live in la la cienega boulevard is like a major like road it's like a through street through la and so and i remember i i like put it together and my brain just went that is like someone literally a writer literally either lives on la cienega boulevard or like the the writing staff would work like no, on that street I bet, or something. I bet their commute was on that street, and they fucking hated it. And so then they named the bully after their commute. Literally, La Cienega Boulevard. That's is. crazy. I never. It blew my mind. Anyway, sorry, did not okay. mean to take away from the murder from Keith Mayo P.I. Yes. So uh, this sounds like a case for Keith Mayo P.I. He takes the case on himself. He's like, the police aren't going to do it. I'm going to do it. So in the Forensic Files episode, they actually show footage that Keith had that he gave them um, of him interviewing the Crafts' live-in nanny. And okay. he had, like, set up a camera in the corner of the room. Like, it wasn't even like he just recorded it here. He's, like, set it up to, like... <laughs> like a wide shot. Yeah, like a wide shot. And, like, 
on the ceiling like i don't know how he did it but it's just so funny he like took this very seriously which is good because like he really helped but so they show footage of keith interviewing the nanny she describes um a mysterious dark stain that she noticed on the carpet inside the bedroom door shortly after hella had disappeared she said it was the size of a grapefruit really dark and she didn't know what it was she then explained that shortly after richard ripped up all the carpet to replace the flooring and would not give an explanation as to why um Hmm. Also concerning is that the nanny noticed the large freezer the family kept in the garage had simply vanished overnight. I don't like what that (sighs) freezer is being used for. Nope. When Keith looked into Richard's credit card receipts, he noticed that shortly after Hella had disappeared, Richard had rented a commercial wood chipper. Oh, my God. This is just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. I I was worried most about the freezer until the next thing you said. And I'm like, I don't even care about that freezer now. It's just evolving. Um... I know I keep I when I was watching it, I like forgot about the freezer and then it came back and I was like oh my god the freezer like we were at a wood chipper it was like wait a minute hang on a lot of machinery here. a lot of big items big ticket items so Richard took a lie detector test and he passed okay the polygraph examiner said he showed virtually no emotion at all <laughs> okay got it Duly so noted. like maybe worse than actually passing yeah it's like with... kind of wish she passed yeah now. wish you yeah it, it's just not good connecticut police um so finally they're involved now um they call in uh who <laughs> forensic files calls their secret weapon okay and this is forensic expert dr henry lee and he is like basically a genius he has his own wikipedia page i was reading all about him and his background it's fascinating um so he is a forensic expert and he and police examined the craft's home and on the mattress dr lee discovered five tiny stains so small they could like barely be visible by the naked eye and when they tested those spots they were human blood the same type as hella's Mm. and my first thought is like okay you know it's a bed like menstrual blood perhaps early on your period whatever something like that could happen but apparently, and now I did not know this, fun fact, Okay. they can test whether it's circulation blood or menstrual blood. Huh. It's like a different... I'm not surprised, but it's nice to know. Right. Like, it makes sense if you think about it, but it's something that I wouldn't have really Never thought, really thought of. about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they tested the blood, and it was not menstrual blood. It was circulation blood, which is not good. So that means it's coming from, he said, a blood vessel had to be injured for the blood to have appeared, essentially, like a cut or Got it. something like that. Dr. Lee also determined that the location of the blood indicated the victim had been leaning over the bed or kneeling, and it appeared as though the victim had been struck by a blunt object. There there was also a six-inch smear of blood down the side of the mattress. Awesome. So basically as if someone had been hit and then, like, slid down the side of the mattress, essentially. The towels in the bathroom had been recently washed, fully cleaned and dried, but when they tested it, there's, like, photos of this. They just lit up blue, which is sign of blood and so they were soaked in blood like they're just these blue towels they're like white and then they test them so like they they were white and someone got up that much blood they, though? i think he just bleached the shit out of them i see and i was like that is the real thing we should be focusing how on i know i'm like hold on for at least one second dr lee give me give me some background it's like oxyclean or some shit i don't know if they were white but they were definitely like light colored towels got it got and it, they got were it. had been washed i see i got it um so you can see the photo of the blue. It's really disturbing. But again, they had no body at this point, no weapon, no witnesses. And they were like, well, what do we do with this? So what they do is they go back to the drawing board and they kind of go back to the day that Hella disappeared. And they realized a snowstorm had moved through on the night of Hella's disappearance. And so they got in touch with this snowplow driver hmm. and he reported seeing 
a wood chipper on a bridge at about 3.30 in the morning, and remembering it was an odd placement in time, he saw a man wearing an orange poncho on the side of this wood chipper who looked out and then, like, disappeared behind it as if he didn't want to be seen. Ugh. Very spooky. So police obviously go to that bridge where he said he had seen it, search the riverbank around the bridge, and all they find are a few mounds of wood chips at first. But then they find what looks to be an envelope. Oh, no. And it's mail, and it's addressed to Hella, Hella M. Crafts. Mm. So the, it's like in the wood chips, there's literally still a piece of envelope that has her name on it. So they're like, well, I see. she's associated with this pile of wood chips one way or another. Right. They also found blonde hair, blue fibers, a piece of metal, and small bone fragments. And when the snow finally melted, police found something even more gruesome. You're not going to like this. They found a pinky fingernail with pink nail polish on it. I know. I'm sorry. Nope. I thought it was a fingertip at first, but it was just the, f- the nail. Ugh. That's kind of, I mean, at least the, the one thing that did at least cause her pain. Like, I'm sure if it were, like, long... That was the the least painful part of it all was losing a finger a, a fingernail. fingernail. Well, I mean, I, I imagine, still hate it in my mind though. I imagine it had something to do with the wood chipper. I don't think that this I was mean, something that happened during yeah. life, but yes, I know. I'm just thinking like of all of the different parts of her body they could have found. That is the least oh, threatening. It's not like, but it's still the grossest to me. Yeah, it's just something that you don't like personally. Yeah. Um, in the river itself, detectives found pieces of a chainsaw. And they were like, that's strange, um, obviously. And they had the serial number, scra- the chainsaw had the serial number scratched off of it. Also unusual. So they examined the individual saw blades and they find hair, tissue, and tiny blue pieces of fiber, the same light blue color of Hella's favorite nightshirt, mm. which was missing out of her bedroom. Um, according to the Hartford Current, when state police divers began looking for his wife, Crafts told his brother-in-law, let them dive. There's no body. It's gone. <laughs> like to his brother-in-law so to her brother okay or maybe his sister's brother husband whatever however matter. family works not good not good um so the serial number like i said had been scratched off but they somehow were able to use forensic files was very proud of this chemicals <sighs> to remove the top layers of the metal and reveal the serial number beneath the scratched off layers so they found it and surprise surprise it matched richard Kraft's rental paperwork I see. On his credit card statement. That actually is pretty nifty. I know. I'd be proud too. Forensic Files is great, guys. Double F. Double Double F. F. I write FF everywhere here. It's so funny. Oh, that's what I put for fun fact. Oh! If someone read our notes, it would be so fucking bananas. It is bananas. It's Uh, not good. If, like, everything is abbreviated in a way that only I know, where if you read it, I... It makes a completely different version of sense to you, Someone, if any. Yeah, I put, like, smiley faces, frown faces. Somebody one time, like, stole our notes off the stage, and I was like, this <sighs> I remember is that. not good. <laughs> I remember at one time someone stole both sets of our notes, mm-hmm. and, and they were like, can you sign it? And I was like, oh, I don't want to, like, associate. I mean, I'll do it, but I want to make it clear, like, I'm not agreeing that this is mine because you have it in my name's <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I look like a crazy person. FF. Well, I don't think it's any coincidence that FF is fun fact and forensic files. That's true. But sometimes a lot of people think that they'll figure out, like, if they were uh, to look at it. Like, CW means Civil War to me. Not content warning. <laughs> SW means sex worker. So a lot uh, of people think, like, oh, if CW is Civil War, then SW is, like, some other type of war. And I'm like, oh, no, they're two different things. But unless you knew that. Who is trying to break down your notes like this? Um, I have, they have been open next to Allison and she's oh, been see. like, what the fuck are you typing? I see. Yes, that is. I, I imagine I wouldn't understand it either. No, it's my own formula. Yeah. Um, so anyway, FF in my current notes are, is, uh, 
forensic files. And PF so. is proud family. Got it. PF is proud family. Um, KM is Keith Mayo. Okay. So when it came to the bone... Okay, sorry. No, 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 no. Investigators used Hella's hairbrush to match the hair on the chainsaw to her hair. Then the fingernail, they compared the polish to her polish at home, and it was a match. And when it came to the bone fragments, they wanted to find out whether going through a wood chipper would have caused the breakage that they found in the bone chips. Or, like, had it been pre-broken. Exactly. Like, is this what caused the bones to break? So they put a pig through it. Oh, dead pig not a live pig yes. i don't know where we where we're going with this thank god i know it's terrible i saw still awful i saw footage of it i don't oh that's bad for you leave pigs alone they're so smart and empathetic and oh god they know how to love i know which is the worst part stop eating them or do i mean do what you want but anyway, but feel bad about it just don't put them in wood chippers for well i guess if you're trying to figure out a murder that's a better reason than for fun. But. I mean, you're. They, I'd like to think the pig donated itself to science. Let's think about it that way. Um, so the cut on the bones matched the cuts on the bones that they found at the river. So it did indicate that these bone chips came from the wood chipper. So investigators concluded that Kraft struck Hella in the head with something blunt at least twice, staining the carpet with blood, then kept her body in the freezer for hours until she was frozen solid. He then cut her apart with the chainsaw and put the pieces of her body through the wood chipper, probably projecting her fragmented remains into the truck and then shoveling them out onto the into the river. That's a really that's a lot of steps. It's a lot of steps. And wow did it make a great reenactment. <laughs> you know what? Glad to know that the production value was spot on. I know. So Dr. Lee began to focus on the small piece of metal they found in the riverbank. They determined that it was the crown of a tooth. Oh. But since there was no human remain on it, remains on it, they couldn't determine whether it was hers. Um, so what they did was they hired this forensic odontologist. And Didn't even know that existed. I know. It's fascinating. So he went to the river. Dr. Lee was like, hey, can you go down to the river and search for evidence? So he's like, for five days. So he gets sent down to the river. It's freezing down there. And he starts searching for evidence. And he says he was there for about eight hours when he slipped and fell down into the riverbank. That's me. Um, on the job. Yep. He had gotten muddy, so he wiped his hands in the bucket he was using to collect evidence, and there was a tooth. That was God. I know. He was telling the story on the show like th- it was insane. He's like, I went in to wash my hands, and I was like... That was the guardian angel smacking him. Like, literally right. shoved him down the hill. That's right! So that he would have to find this It's thing. like, you'll thank me later. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Every time I fall now, I'm going to be like, sorry, my guardian angel was just... I was trying... There's a sign. I needed to see what yeah. it was. Oh, poor Blaze. Yeah. He's just going to be so <laughs> over it. Um. So, he'd been there... Right, okay. So, the... So, because he's a forensic odontologist, he's like, great, this is literally what I do. I have this tooth now. And he was able... <laughs> it's, like, it's like a Pokemon uh, like master, like, finding, like, a new Pokedex or something. It's oh, this like, is convenient for me only. Oh, my God. Exactly. So, he was literally able to match his tooth 100% to her dental record. So, it was, like, a match. So bingo. That was... I'm telling you. Bingo, bango. They had enough to go on. Everything happens for a reason, folks. I don't totally believe that. I do. I don't believe she was put in a wood chipper for a reason. I believe that he fell for a reason. I mean, sure. 50-50. Okay. Live, laugh, love if you want. All right. Um, Richard Kraft was arrested and charged in the murder of his wife, Hella Kraft. And at the end of the Forensic Files episode, they have a summary of what they believe to have happened. They believe Hella Kraft got home from a late shift from Europe around 7 p.m. when she was dropped off. She put the children to bed around 8, and the nanny wasn't expected home until midnight because she had the night off. 
And Hella changed into her favorite blue nightshirt, looked through her mail, and put some of her mail in her pocket. She and Richard got into an argument, and as Hella was bent over the bed either changing or rearranging the sheets, Richard beat her over the head with his police flashlight, because he worked as a part-time police officer, wrapped her in the comforter, carried her body to the freezer, attempted to clean with the towels that they found in the bathroom. Uh, he then took his kids to a family member's house, rented a large wood chipper, and now by now Hella's body was frozen, so he transported the remains along with the chainsaw and wood chipper to the river, dismembered her with the chainsaw, then put the body pieces through the chipper. So the mail made its way through the chipper. It was in her pocket, they believe, thankfully, because uh, it had her name on it. So like when they were first searching, that's what linked it to her, which is just amazing that like that little sliver with her name on it was yeah. preserved. Um, so Richard Crafts was found guilty of murder on January 9th, 1990, after only eight hours of deliberation. He was sentenced to 50 years in prison. And this case is also fascinating because it marked the first murder conviction in the state of Connecticut without the presence of a body. Wow. And that is the story of the murder of Hella Crafts, the first ever episode of our beloved Forensic Files. FF. FF. That's really cool. <sighs> That's and crazy. Horrible. I mean, yeah. But it's just fascinating. I love FF. And KM. Uh, well, yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Anyway, thanks for listening or watching. I have nothing to say. I don't know what to say. That was a good story, man. I know. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. Yours was bananas. So this was a wild episode. Yay. Yay. This comes out the 9th. So we've got... The 10th. The 10th. Yep. I'll never know. We'll see if Emma survives the camping trip. Truly. I can't get, I can't make a promise even to myself <laughs> that it's going to go well. Um, thanks for listening or watching. You can find... Uh, all of our stuff at and that's why we drink.com you can follow us on social media at atwwd podcast um what else email oh uh, yeah you can send in your listener stories uh either true crime or paranormal to and that's why we drink at gmail.com and please put listener story in the subject and eva might pick it for a future episode a listener episode first of every month yay yay and that's why we drink yay bye guys okay